0: Episode two of Trash and Treasury. My name's Miranda, and I'm here with my co-host Grace. Today, in our Treasury topic, we will be discussing the monarchy, how
1: the monarchy came about,
0: but also headliner
1: Megxit. And for our Trash episode, we're going to be discussing the social phenomenon of Doomsday Prepping, the show by its name, but also some stories of some people in real life who are doing what they can to prepare for societal collapse and/or zombies.
0: Oh, I can't wait to discuss Doomsday and can't wait to hear what you guys also think of um, what we've prepared today. But first things first, Treasury time.
1: So for this week's Treasury, we're going to be discussing monarchy and specifically what is the monarchy? How does it work? We're going to talk about how Princess Meghan and Prince Harry left the monarchy and whether it's time Australia does the same thing. Mm.
0: All right, so a little bit of a brief rundown of how uh, <laughs> the monarchies kind of started. They've been around for a very, very long time, but again, I got my information off of YouTube videos. Um, and in <laughs> 1066, William the Conqueror um did a thing and that's he sort of started uh, the big um, chain of monarchy in England I think I think Um, everyone is called Edward and um, (laughs) Henry and it's really confusing and can I comment on the fact that this is ridiculous that everybody is called the same name. It's so confusing for a family tree. Like Henry VIII. Like how many Henrys? So many Henrys. Um, Get original. (laughs) I'm going to do a shout-out for this YouTube video because it is so funny and it's actually fairly informative. It goes for about 10 minutes and it's called The Brief History of the Royal Family. Um. There was something that was mentioned that quite early on in, you know, with inheritance and passing down the crown and how that works is they started something called the rule of two and this horrible saying that one is none and two is one. So basically you need to have backup kids because if you only have one heir, that's not nearly good enough as an insurance policy. You need to have two. Um, so then a whole bunch of other stuff Happened to land us with Queen Elizabeth II, who's currently in power now, and she is this. Um, she's the longest reigning queen in world
1: history. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense just because life expectancy is so much better now. Most of the other famous royals died at like forty or younger. But yeah,
0: it's obviously so different now. Um, Monarchies now. As, as is well, well shown in the crown, don't often have a lot of influence anymore. Like they're sort of, they used to be the be all and end all, but a lot of that is quite outdated now. And so that's why there's a lot of talk of the royals, um, you know, doing different things, going on their own path. Um, and it, and it, is, it is quite an old mindset, you know, to have a king and queen when we, you know, in England, they have a whole parliament and a prime, prime ministers and all of this sort of stuff.
1: And they have the House of Lords, right? So they have the House of Commons, which is like anyone can be elected to, but the House Mm -hmm. of Lords is like you have to be highborn, which is so outdated. It's
0: it's just crazy. And in our modern world, it's just crazy to think that a monarchy still exists in, you know, first world countries like England. You know, it's just, it's pretty crazy. And so I think that's why people are sort of so interested in Harry and Meg's deciding to leave the monarchy.
1: And also whether it would be time for Australia to leave the monarchy, because the Queen is our head of state. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Not the Prime Minister, the Queen. (laughs) Um, And so that is totally outdated. 20 years ago, there was a referendum to become a republic, which was led by Malcolm Turnbull, but it failed. Mm. ACT voted overwhelmingly to become a republic. Queensland voted overwhelmingly to stay as a monarchy. Mm. And overall, it failed. But I think if you did that referendum now, I think a lot more people would leave. Like the royals do not have good PR lately. Like Prince Andrew (laughs) is like friends with pedophiles. Prince Philip is like a racist. Such bad PR. Even their own family members are leaving. So why is Australia still a monarchy?
0: I think the reason that so many people don't care, though, is because it's not apparent to us. we We see the Queen and the Royals as quite separate to Australia, really. Like there is this, she's still technically a figurehead um for Australia, um, but you know a lot of us <laughs> there's pretty
1: much no influence, at least as far as I'm aware. Until there is, what about when the Governor General fired the Prime Minister, Gough Whitlam? That's true. I forgot that she could do that. Yeah. But there's a good podcast about that, actually. Oh. About Gough Whitlam. What's that called? Maybe I can chat more about that in recommendation section. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been pretty interesting. And I guess, like, yes, it's not visible, but there's little ways that it is. So, for example, like, if you became an Australian citizen, up until five years ago, you had to pledge allegiance to the Queen, And they've only just changed that to, I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people. Yep. And also when prime ministers get sworn in, now they can say Australia and its people. But Tony Abbott still decided to say that he pledges his allegiance to the Queen because Tony Abbott is a huge monarchist and loves Prince Philip and gave him a knighthood.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Well, is it going to be... But it's also
1: interesting, like, have have we missed the moment? Like there was all this like swell about it in 1999 and like a huge campaign mm. and has the moment kind of passed?
0: I think, you know, and is there, There's if there's disadvantages to having the Queen, I suppose we've got to have some advantages still, if she's still there. Um, Like with Brexit, um, you know, leaving the European Union and stuff, like there was all this, um, there's all these ramifications for them to, become separate.
1: Yeah, but the European Union is very different to like the British Empire, which just like invaded countries and collected a bunch of countries. The European Union was formed much more deliberately with economic liberalism principles, whereas like the British Empire was just about conquering.
0: Mm, Interesting. Very interesting.
1: Well, on a much less serious
0: note, let's discuss Harry and Meghan. (laughs) So... Megxit. Sorry, Megxit. You are correct. So the documentary that came out recently about Harry and Meg's trip to Africa, um, Megan uh, quite publicly said, I was told by my friends that he, meaning Harry, is a nice guy, but the British media will destroy you. And so me- the media has pretty much controlled and vilified Megan in in recent years. Um, There's this article comparison that came out where they talked about uh, one situation where uh, Kate Middleton did something and then another situation where megan would do it and it just Mm, was just so differently yeah pretty much like oh like uh kate eats avocados and um because she it's a healthy snack while she's pregnant or something and then it's like megan eats avocados and she's contributing to the avocado like
1: wow defying
0: into industry something or other there was like another article that said um Kate Middleton is like holds her belly, you know, like holds her belly tenderly, like because she's pregnant. And then the other article was about Megan holding her belly, and they're like, why is she always touching her belly? Like, we get it, you're pregnant. You know, like there's
1: just, they, for all of the same situations, like it's very, very clear that. Yeah. I mean, those media articles are just atrocious and they have been widely condemned and been called out for being quite overtly racist. And quite a few prominent British people, including politicians, have come out and said that. I think there's also other elements. They don't like her because she's divorced. There's a bit of a stream around that, um, that she's American and the fact she was, like, independent and was in a saucy show with lots of sex Inde- scenes. Independent
0: in a saucy show, um, you know, she's uh, different. You know, she had a non- they had a non-traditional wedding. They did all of this stuff to go against the, the I suppose, the, the British sort of sentiments that the royals need to follow, which are ridiculous some of the rules that they have to follow. Um, and these are two very nice people, Harry and Megs, deeply in love, um, you know really sensible i mean they do awesome work she is on point with how she dresses they have an adorable little baby and they just get totally criticized all the time and they're still being pretty professional and pretty good so they were just fed up um so there was also um when they decided that they wanted to leave there was an a christmas announcement by the queen where she didn't have a picture of harry and megs on the table did you know that
1: no, I haven't heard that. So
0: when she gave her Christmas speech, um, which she does every year, um, there's a little desk where she has photos of her family and very notably on the desk she didn't have a photo of Harry and Meghan um, and she had a picture of everybody else because she ain't mm. happy. And um, so basically Harry was so gorgeous. You know, there's this been this conversation that Meg's is uh, – just selfish and controlling and she's going to lead Harry get down a garden path and, you know, they're going to do what they want. But actually a lot of – there's also a lot of evidence to say that Harry really wants to leave as well because of what happened to his mum. He wrote – Exactly. Oh, he, He's so gorgeous. He wrote um on the Sussex Royal page when they still had it um, that we have continued to put on a brave face. as So many of you can relate to. I cannot begin to describe mm-hmm. how painful this has been. But my deepest fear... Leaving the
1: royal family. Yep,
0: yep. Oh, but And the media and the scrutiny of the media is he, what he was yeah. referring to. You know, it's just been so horrible. He said, because my deepest fear is history repeating itself. I've seen what happens when someone I love is commoditized to the point that they are no longer treated or seen as a real person. I lost my mother and I now watch my mm-hmm. wife falling victim to the same forces. Oh, and it's just, you know... Diana, for anyone who doesn't know, was died in a car crash and because she was being chased by the... I don't know the, how anyone
1: wouldn't know that. I don't know how anyone wouldn't know that, but it was because she was chased, being chased by the paparazzi. So, But there's also a huge conspiracy that um, the royal family organised it and killed her <laughs> because she was like, yeah, that's like a very big theory
0: about that. I mean, I don't doubt that, but I also think it's ridiculous. But <laughs> mm, Well, wait for our conspiracy episode. Well, Maybe I'll do a deep dive right. on that. Please do, please do. Um, So, you know, Harry just wants to stand by his wife and his son and he's amazing. I think that they have treated her like crap and she's been really compliant. Even when she doesn't comment, her silence is criticised. So she just can't win. She can't win and she's done a pretty damn good job of being
1: uh, likeable in my mind. I think she's fantastic. And have you seen the little clip from when she's like 10? So... When she was 10, she wrote a letter to an advertising toy company because their ad on TV for like a truck toy was like, this is a toy for boys. And she wrote this letter being like, why can't it be for girls? And she's like, went on TV interviews and she's like, boys and girls can be anything they want. And that was her at 10. And she still is an awesome advocate and spokesperson for a lot of issues. And she's really cool.
0: That's so cool. I mean she she is awesome. I will say that when I watched Suits, she was definitely not my favourite actress of
1: all time. Rachel Zane is terrible. Yeah, she's a she she's that's
0: yeah, she's better she's at an over-actor. she's better at being a princess, um, and an advo-
1: advocate and just Is she still a princess? No. Duchess? Duchess? What are they what do they call her? <laughs> Duke and Duchess, yeah. The Duke, Duke and, Duchess. and Duchess of Sussex. Um,
0: yeah, she's better at that. She's also like good at going to charity events and speaking really, um, you know, uh, eloquently and brilliantly. She's, she's good at that. She's great at that. But uh, yeah, acting not so much.
1: <laughs> but I still think that if Harry and Meghan can leave their whole family and this outdated institution, Australia can and should. And I've actually got a hashtag about it because... <laughs> Are you serious? You've just said that... Yeah. So you just said the Queen is like really old. So basically, she's going to die, and Prince Charles is going to become the king, unless he gets skipped and it goes to William. But right now, it's likely it's going to be Charles. Yep. And when that happens, we are going to have to reprint all of our coins and all of our money, all of our but notes. But do we? Ha- and wouldn't it? But do we actually have to reprint what- everything, or can it just? Yeah. But can't they just? It'll keep the same. It'll ones? be gradual. No, no, like that money, you'll still be able to use it. They'll do it over like 10 years. It'll take a while. But yeah, King George used to be on the coins. Like you have to have the current head of state on the coins. So that's why it's time to get a president on there. And my hashtag is keep Charles, the Prince of Wales, off our sales. <laughs> off our what? Off our sales? Off our sales. <laughs> it's hard to rhyme anything with Charles. So I had to do what I could. <laughs> But don't you think that money is an important point? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy.
0: It's just one of the crazy things that people just
1: have to do because
0: it's tradition. But, I mean, if we had a president, would we not have to
1: put a president on the same, on the coin? Yeah, we would. But So if we're going to have to do that anyway, why do Charles and then have to redo it for a president? Mm -hmm. It's just time to get a president because it's worked out so well for America, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs)
0: good point good point um the other thing that's just random that you can do for the queen i don't know if you know this but um my friend jess um who i was chatting to on the phone the other night um has four pictures framed of the queen and i'm like why and she said you're entitled to the picture to a picture of the queen so I wrote to get yeah. If you write to your member if of you parliament, you write to the right? member of parliament or to someone. You ask for a picture of the queen, and they have to give you one legally. And so she got three of her friends to do it, so she could have four. Because there's four different pictures that you can you can get. She also said that um, you're entitled to your own flag, um, but you have to provide wow. them proof that you have your own flagpole. <laughs> whoa that's
1: awesome hilarious hilarious getting a picture of the queen went really viral a couple of years ago and like um every MP's office was like what is happening like how have the youths found out about this and ironically like ordering (laughs) portraits of the queen
0: (laughs) it's just so funny I feel like I should do the same thing except I don't know I mean she's all right she's all right but I prefer Megan well yeah she can be our queen she can be
1: our queen (laughs) That is hilarious about the flagpole. I'd never heard that, but I just Googled it while you were talking. And you can have a 10-metre-tall pole without council approval. (laughs) So a little quarantine project for everyone. Install a flagpole. (laughs) That
0: is so funny. (laughs) So I'm going to finish up our segment on monarchy with my favourite quote from our little queen, Elizabeth II, when she says, Let us not take ourselves too seriously. None of us have a monopoly on wisdom. Thank you.
1: Okay, and now for our trash segment. We will be discussing doomsday preppers. A doomsday prepper is a person preparing for the end of society. So the emphasis is on self-reliance, stockpiling supplies and survival knowledge. They often have at least six months worth of food, water, fuel, and medical supplies, often an underground bunker with ventilation. They often have chickens, a veggie garden, solar panels, septic tanks. They might be preparing for a nuclear war. For instance, they will have reverse osmosis water filters that filter out radiation from water and iodine drops hmm. to fill up your thyroid so you don't get nuclear fallout. What's a Thyroid thyroid to fill up your thyroid i don't really know i don't get it (laughs) fair enough fill up the thyroid fill up the thyroid i think if your thyroid is full of iodine there's just no room for radiation to possibly get in you're full you're at capacity if they say so your thyroid is not taking any more visitors Um, and I think it's also important for us to just clarify, when we say doomsday preppers and survivalists, we're not talking about people that go into the wilderness and try to survive by drinking their own urine, like Bear Grylls. We're talking about actually quite sophisticated people that are preparing for the end of civilization. Or and it's not- a zombie apocalypse, Grace. Or like a let's zombie Let's be apocalypse. honest,
0: it could be a zombie apocalypse. That is the
1: end of civilization, though.
0: I suppose, but like... There's economic breakdown, and then there's um, a zombies. zombies, yeah, yeah, or aliens, or just um, uh, what is it in when the religious? The is it called doomsday? Is it literally called doomsday? I think I don't know. that is doomsday. Yeah, I think that's yeah where the, the where the name comes from. There you um, go. And yeah, but they're not like bear grills, and they're not. Um, they don't have like excellent survival skills with like you know how to make a canoe out of a tree and stuff like that it's not they don't necessarily because they're still
1: in yeah ideally they're still in a property that they own is the plan yes and they're building like this bunker but it's also important to clarify they're not just hoarders and it's not just about accumulating a bunch of stuff as millennial prepper daniel Spokowski says hoarding alone won't keep you safe when society falls apart if you have a stockpile of things, you'll become a target for the people trying to steal those things. But if you have a stockpile of skills, you'll be the person that people work to keep alive. Oh, got to be tactical. So,
0: absolutely. I think we've we've seen this showcased in many a zombie apocalypse film. But, so true. Um, it's funny that you say, um, yeah, like pre- prepping and hoarding alone uh, is not necessarily the the goal um because it very closely relates to my example that I've brought to the table all right um, let's hear it so a tv show by the same name doomsday preppers is so quintessentially American and if we could have picked like a more trashy show like this is possibly one of the most trashy shows around like if you watch at the middle of the day tv Uh, on Foxtel and just a random clip comes up it's like you know really has that really heavy voiceover guy who's like you know this guy did this and they're prepping for this and then the next day this happened you know like that is basically the whole show
1: is it kind of like the people that worked at Joe Exotic Zoo? Is that like the clientele of the show? Um, look, sometimes there are definitely an, a,
0: an array of people and there are some people who are definitely more uh, sort of, how do I how do I say this, more sane than others. Like there are some that are mm. actually, you know, pretty, um, pretty awesome at, you know, uh, honing their land and you know prepping their their farmland to grow veggies and to
1: actually be quite totally and like my example that I'm going to talk about after you is like pretty cool as well
0: yeah um so mine isn't cool but it is cool it's interesting <laughs> I suppose but it is extremely funny um I couldn't go past it it okay so I'll give you a synopsis of the show it's set in America for most of the time Each episode focuses on two different prepping stories, so what they are prepping for and how they're prepping. Anyway, so my example focuses, it's season two, episode 12 on Netflix. At the moment, there's only season two on Netflix.
1: Um, That's a random choice,
0: just quietly. Where's season one? (laughs) Uh, What about season one? I don't know. Like, who knows? Um, And so 37-year-old Jeff Flanningham, Which, what a name! (laughs) the The episode literally opens like this with the American voice. Thirty seven year old Jeff Flanningham is alone.
1: (laughs) Cut to.
0: (laughs) Cut to Jeff sitting in a hotel alone, eating a bag of chips. So lonely. And then, and then he says, "Hotel rooms, lonely nights at bars." Like, literally, cut to Jeff. Jeff. Is, is this, this a, a dating, dating show? show what is this? What is so this? So it sort of turns into it, which is why it's hilarious. So, um, and then he so it cuts to him looking at women in a bar who get up and walk away. <laughs> like they literally brought a video camera into a bar and asked a woman to get up and walk away from Jeff. Can
1: you please reject this man? We are filming a show,
0: and Jeff literally looks looks lo- like. Uh, wistfully into the distance you know like he's totally in on this um uh, but he's also just a very
1: odd guy um it's one of those like reality shows what's like heavily yes. scripted with like multiple camera angles and retakes
0: exactly <laughs> the voiceover continues lately this is his life jeff hasn't had much time for women in recent years because he has a secret <laughs> Cut to Central Kansas Horror Torture Chamber. Like, there's the music, like, uh, just like, you know, like this horrible, terrifying music. Like, it is so terrifying. And he has a decommissioned decommissioned intercontinental ballistic missile silo, (laughs) a.k.a. a giant
1: dungeon, so that's where so they So is that a bunker where they were going to hide during the Cold War? Is that what no, it is? No, it's
0: where the bombs lived. So the bomb missile lived in this silo. But now there's no bombs in there. No. So it's decommissioned. There's no bomb cuz they, they took the bomb out. But um it's in the middle of nowhere and there's just above above ground there's just a random door. Like in a creepy horror film. Yeah. Like yeah,
1: there's terrifying. just a random
0: door in a paddock and that's
1: Uh, like a hatch
0: into the ground like a hatch exactly a A hatch yes that is exactly the right word so jeff is uh uh, preparing for economic collapse which you know fair too close to home jeff like (laughs) it's a little bit scary for us all right now (laughs) but you know fair enough reason it's not the zombies Anyway, this place is eight, hour, eight hours away from where he lives, so he drives there like four times a year and gets his mates to like help him, but it needs so much work. Like there is so much that needs doing. It is so run down and, and so dangerous. There's, there's footage of him down in the bunker with his mate trying to prep a plan if somebody came into the bunker um, where he's, th- he's using a f- propane torch, so they're... They didn't want to use guns because Jesus. if they used a gun, it could... Yeah, they. so if they were going to use guns, they were going to reverberate off of the the metal tunnel walls so it could put everybody in danger. So they thought they'll convert a propane torch into a flamethrower, which I feel uh, like also, Only in America. Are, which I feel like also has its risks, Jeff. Like, of course. That, that's also dangerous. Anyway... So his prepping plan, literally, is to get a girlfriend. <laughs> mm. In addition to, obviously,
1: preparing this bunker, which is it takes... It, there's so much left to do. So can I say it? Is this where this is going? Is this he is... basically trying to build, like, a dungeon and abduct a woman? Like, is this a Brie Larson movie? <laughs> this isn't a Brie Larson movie.
0: However... Um, just, just, just wait and see, because because it is kind of funny. It's not like it's just funny, and the people who he meets are terrifying, are terrified of him, terrified of him. Um, yeah, no shit. So anyway, he want he needs <laughs> he wants a girlfriend, but she has to live underground with him and be prepared to help him prepare his intercontinental ballistic missile silo. Um, So that's pretty hard to find, you know. But he only goes there four times a year. That's true, but he requires them, Grace, to live within travelling distance so that
1: they can prep together. Like, that's a requirement for Jeff. So basically, Um, he just wants uh, someone out of convenience because he lives eight hours away from his bunker because that's smart how are you gonna f- <laughs> travel on a highway for eight hours during societal collapse so because, he's like i need a girlfriend so, who lives close to the bunker so i can stay at her house
0: hey literally this is part of jeff's plan and it's called it is. it's called bugging out so when yeah, when economic collapse this. happens um when you leave to go somewhere else it's called bugging out so you basically have an escape plan so you don't necessarily if you live in a in an apartment in a city for instance you know you obviously uh, are not planning on staying there if you're a doomsday prepper so Jeff just puts in a lot more travel hours than the
1: average prepper Mm. and have you heard that when you go bugging out you take an inch pack
0: I haven't heard of that
1: an inch pack is an acronym and it stands for I'm never coming back And you put everything in there and you leave your house.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what I'd put in my inch pack. Yeah, well.
1: We're probably gonna come back to our house. Live on phone. phone, Don't forget the charger. Yeah, don't forget the charger. (laughs) And And we probably need like solar panels for the charger. Uh, yeah,
0: it's just all phone related. How
1: sad. Probably a bottle of
0: wine. Probably a bottle of wine, if you know <laughs> wine, and bottle of water, if there's going to be a c- economic collapse. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um, basically this does turn into a bit of a dating show. So um, the cameras follow Jeff on three dates, which, of course, is a town uh, not too far from central Kansas. Um, and it's all at the one pub, all in the same night
1: so he's that no guy. that is so sleazy, yes.
0: so sleazy. <laughs> it's so sleazy like Jeff get it together
1: get um, it together like did he actually say to them oh we better wrap it up I've got like a 7 p.m.
0: uh they didn't film that but I'm sure that he said that because he has no shame also they barely they didn't eat anything so that was very obvious um so I he, mean that's they, okay like
1: a coffee date I, didn't even, I don't okay. remember seeing
0: a coffee. Look, I'd have to go back and fact check myself on that, but I, I don't recall <laughs> seeing food and I don't recall seeing beverages. Like this was – there might have been a glass of water. There would surely have been a beer at a pub. I don't know. Look, I don't know. And um, okay, so let's get to it. Date number one. The first question that we see is, so uh, have you got any survival skills? And she's like, no. And then he goes, do you think that the US has the potential to financially collapse? And then essentially she's like, no. And she's quite positive and she's like, uh, no, I think like we'll all pull each other up
1: by the bootstraps and work together. You know, she's, she's that lady. Mm. She believes in like a government has the best interests of the people and will provide for people in this crisis yeah she does whereas I feel like a lot of these survivalist doomsday preppers are very like individually mindset and they don't trust the government and they're kind of like I need to be able to take care of myself because no one's going to do it for you
0: yep yep and um so basically then that's all you see and you just see a, a talking head, which for anyone who's not familiar with the term is when someone is talking directly to the camera on their own. Like the office. Like the office. Um, so in a talking head, she's talking to the camera and she's like, yeah, I think I'm like a lot more positive than he is. <laughs> and then cut to date too. Um, he says to her, Date two with
1: her or date two with the next woman? No, next woman. Grace, he's he's oh, moving God. on.
0: Um, so there's three. He's auditioning.
1: He's auditioning eligible bachelor at number two.
0: Absolutely, and date number two, um, is a legend. So anyway, he says, "So do you uh, like go camping?" And she's like, "Yes, actually, I go hunting a lot."
1: Wow. Yeah. Is he just like heart pounding with excitement?
0: Yeah, and then um, he says so or do you think you could imagine yourself living in a former government facility underground? And she's like, yeah, if I cared about someone enough, I'd do that.
1: <laughs> You're yeah. like, what? And modern romance.
0: Jeff says she's got a great personality and anyone who can jump on a piece of equipment when necessary is valuable. <laughs> which, I, which I know is how I judge men when I go on a date with them. <laughs> like totally. jumping on a piece of equipment when necessary, like, you know. And then yeah. um, Laura then says in her talking head to the camera, <laughs> which all women, I've probably said, and she says, "Eh, it's not the worst thing I've ever been told."
1: Oh, Laura. oh, I just feel for you. Like it's pretty bad, really. But it's not her worst date because it's, it's twenty twenty, and it's, it's a lot it's, worse.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard world out there. Yeah. And so cut to date number three, and she says, um. <laughs> So, uh, are you into shooting sports at all? Like, that's his first question. And she responds with, "Um, that's like a weird question for a first date, but actually I'm ex-military. Oh, snap. (laughs) Uh, Where does he find these people? Anyway. Well, the producers probably found them. True. They probably did. Yeah, true. Um, And then he says, uh, so I'm looking to turn uh, an ex-missile facility into a fortress and I
1: need someone to assist. And he just, is he trying to just do a job interview or is he trying to date He he's looking for he's a, like your skills are useful
0: yeah but no he's looking for a, a partner in every sense of the word but also a partner to help him prep like this is very important to him this is Jeff's this is what he lives in. breath like he's actually quite like he's quite an awkward dude like he, this is very mm. important to Jeff and um, anyway so she just looks at him and she's like just wow like, <laughs> like she just doesn't know what to say to that. Um, and then, you know, she just says in her
1: talking head, like, uh, oh, I didn't know anyone could actually buy one of those things. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is that on realestate.com.au? Exactly.
0: Like, intercontinent, decommissioned intercontinental ballistic missile silos. Like, what the hell? Um, So, guess who he picks?
1: Well... As a wild card, girl number one. Yes, Grace. Why? Girl I only one. said that just because of your voice. Ugh. You were leading the witness. Jeff, I mean, come on. Date number
0: two said she would Both live... of
1: the other two were, like, surprisingly I don't think receptive. number three was interested in Jeff.
0: Number two was interested in Jeff.
1: And, and she, she was picking she up was what willing... he was putting
0: down. Yeah, she said she was willing to live underground for the dude. Like, I mean, that's a solid woman. Like, he was silly for not picking her. Anyway. What was he doing? He picked, he said, oh, well, she was nice and positive, And I think uh, if the world turns to crap, then um, that could actually be quite nice and quite, quite useful, is what he said. Oh, that's kind of sweet. He liked her personality. He did like her personality, and she was very sweet. Um, so then it continues, Grace. He picks number one, and they, she goes on a second date with him. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the second date is? Obviously. Is it in the murder bunker? Oh, in the murder bunker. So she arrives (laughs) and he says, can I blindfold you, please? Because nobody could know where this is.
1: Whoa. So this is
0: where it turns a little Brie Larson in room. you know, (laughs) like totally terrifying. And she says, "Uh, like, I'm really not comfortable with that. But she also has to like then be driven in a car to the center of a field where she goes into the um, yeah no, that's, the that's door in the middle of nowhere like it's absolutely terrifying. And she said, and, and he the says, recording
1: crew are all there, right?
0: Or they they're all there. So I suppose that's why she eventually says yes. He says it's only for a few minutes, and she's like, uh, okay. Just by the way, my phone has GPS tracking. She's terrified. Like she's like, I. Does she? He says that, or she says that about the GPS? She says that. She's like, just so you know, like my phone has GPS tracking. So, <laughs> but I guess
1: the film crew's there, so it's you know, Stephanie. Stephanie's fine. Um, if her so- phone has GPS tracking, then she knows where his bunker is. It's so true. So like, why she- bother with the blindfold?
0: You know what? I didn't even think that through. So I'm pretty sure Jeff just didn't think that through. Also, the whole film crew's there. Like, they know where the bunker is. Like, all these people know where (laughs) the bunker is. Also, she drove to the gate. So if you drive to the gate, I'm pretty sure you know where the bunker is. Like, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... She does not care where the bunker is, and <laughs> that's um, the point. Like she's point. She's here. not going to come back. No, <laughs> she's not going to try to get there in the apocalypse. Absolutely not. Anyway, so she arrives at the what do we call the door in the middle of nowhere? The hatch. The hatch. She arrives at the hatch, and um, it's like terrifying. It's like Hannibal Lecter's lair. Like it's like just the metal bits of flapping in the wind. It's like been uh you know damaged. It's just absolutely terrifying and there's like it's not very homely (laughs) and he calls it a fixer-upper
1: yeah well that's
0: true it's true but it's an understatement she's like hmm anyway (laughs) He has to, there's one hilarious scene where he has to <laughs> abseil. So in the silo where there's no bomb anymore, there's a giant area where he can store water. So like, that's pretty impressive. And so he has, handy. All, he has all this water down there. And he's like, so what we have to do to get the water is we have to abseil down to the bottom of the silo to get the water. And he put, starts putting on a harness and she's like, uh, have no. Have you heard of a well you just like crank a bucket <laughs> yes. down there and bring it You're back up a well a well has been a... she's like can't you just put like a bucket on a string like yeah. which essentially is um the premise behind a well and yeah and he's like oh that's that's really interesting like that's like the the mindset of a, a great prepper there like you've got so something. innovative you've got something girl and um then uh she's just like no freaking way am i going down there you can go down there how does he get back up? Um, so he, she's there for safety. Um, should, yeah. that, I guess this is why he needs a partner because he can't do some of this stuff on his own. Meanwhile, <laughs> he just does this to demonstrate and he takes literally a water bottle down there. So he, <laughs> abs- he abseils all the way down to get this water and he comes up with like a half, half-size half Mount Franklin. Like it's so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it is just the most hilarious thing. Uh, anyway. <laughs> At the end of it, she says, um, she says, I can't believe she says this, like just what's it, what it says about the dating game. She says, I'd go on another date with him, but no blindfolds this time. <laughs> like, Aww, you are a trooper. Such, she is such a trooper. Like, Stephanie, you're, you're a great girl. And so um, the practical preppers, which the producers call themselves, give him a score. And so they give him two out of 20 uh. for food because uh, he Cause has like what did he have? zero food there and he has got no <laughs> land to
1: have renewable sources of food like he would only have dehydrated food in cans um, so question he only owns the sub ground bunker he doesn't own the field above the bunker to grow his crops I think he does but he hasn't harvested any of it plus he doesn't live there so he can't keep them maintained yeah but if the apocalypse hit and he moved into the bunker, he could do it. Uh, yes, but you kind of
0: have to be prepared for doomsday. Like, that's the whole point of prepping, you know? Like, yeah. you can't just, like, go
1: there and start you don't farming. leave it to chance.
0: You have to get a cow. And if it's doomsday, you have to, you have to like, find a cow. Or you have to, like, find yeah. seeds to grow crops. And you need soil. And you need, like, a proper, like, permaculture situation. Like, it's a whole situation. Anyway, so they okay. they are scoring two out of t- him. Two out of 20. Two out of 20 for food. Um, they give him 16 out of 20 for water, which is pretty good because of his silo. Um, wow, one Mount Franklin bottle at a time. One Mount Franklin bottle at a time, even though you abseil hat down there and all that sort of stuff. They give him 12 out of 20 for shelter because it's a pretty good shelter, but it's also completely... Inhospitable. It's completely yeah. inhospitable. You could not stay there. They give him 13 out of 20 for security because... That's quite low. That's quite low for an underground bunker, I must say. I suppose because it's just in such disarray. Again, you can't really, people could just probably get in, I reckon.
1: At this and point. also, he's exposed the location to like five people.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, and for his X Factor, he gets Please. 12 out of 20 for looking for a girlfriend to be a, prep part, a prepping partner. Good on you, mate. Like, good on you. Looking for a girlfriend to help you prep, you know? And uh, so they give him 56 uh, out of 100 in total, and that gives him two months. After all that work, they think Jeff would survive at this point in time for two months.
1: That's nothing. That That is is nothing. Because he's got no food. He's got no food. Um, that's a huge problem. So of course, of course, you can't like. Where's his baked beans? Where's his baked beans?
0: Where's his toilet paper? Where is yeah. his toilet paper? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: you know, I have follow up questions. Mm-hmm. So, what year was this filmed? Ooh, I don't like, know. Like roughly, like was Tinder a thing? I reckon Tinder would have
0: been a thing, but I think it wasn't filmed super recently. I reckon in the last yeah. 10 years, though. Last yeah. 10 years.
1: Because 10 I years. feel like would be people. Because there's a lot of seasons would be of people. Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> While, like, I think stereotypically Doomsday Prepper is a bit of a masculine thing because it's like, got my guns, like, I'm protecting mm-hmm. myself. Yes. But there also would be a lot of women that are super into it. So he should just lead with that. Well, and you know what?
0: And he does. He does not beat around the bush. Like, if you went on a date with that man, you would know exactly what you were getting yourself into.
1: Yeah, but, but be before honest, you even get on the date with him, his bio should just be like, seeking a prepping companion must have proficiency in heavy machinery It would and honestly abseiling.
0: be hilarious to actually look into that and see if he <laughs> has mm. now found his prepping partner because if this was filmed a little while ago maybe they've done a follow-up story on Jeff who
1: knows I'm sure there's a dating site for preppers there's a dating site for everyone yeah exactly like, there's a dating site yeah. for people that want to dress up like animals it, like yep absolutely it could totally be one for preppers mm-hmm. I mean look what I will say about this whole coronavirus thing is these people have a point and like toilet paper and flour and pasta you know they're not worried about it yeah and I think actually like being prepared can be quite reasonable and we do live in such a consumer culture where we are thrown into complete disarray when we can't get everything exactly when we want it because we are so trained to have just everything we want available to us that's very true and just buy everything Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give an Australian example. Yep. Her name is Mel Woods, and she's a high school teacher in Perth, and she calls herself a latte prepper. <laughs> so she Why? started a business Why does she because care? because she wants to be she wants to survive in style. And if she is going to be like prepping, she's not going to be drinking her own urine. She's going to be filtering her water, growing coffee beans, and having camping espressos. Because she you got to get Brunswick, your priorities
0: right. Like this she is she sounds like my kind of prepper.
1: <laughs> exactly. She's from WA, but like she sounds like actually really sensible and if there was a societal collapse, like you want to be hanging out with her. So she started a business called The Chili Preppers. Cute. Um, which has been running for five years and she runs courses in how to cultivate your own food and preserve it and how to mend things and she sort of says it's like our grandparents knew how to do this stuff but the current generation have just lost it because we do just want to buy everything Mm -hmm. so along with growing her coffee beans for her lattes she's also growing tobacco not because she smokes but so she can have something to barter with people and thinking about like what might be um. valuable commodities that she can have stocks of.
0: Smart. And she's al- very smart. She's
1: also practicing how to grow plants inside in case like the air becomes inhospitable. And so she's got like what's the word where you hydroponic. She's got like a whole hydroponic mm. setup as well yep. as her outside setup. And like she's got a whole community around her because she's saying like you don't just wanna Like, get your guns and protect yourself. Like, if society does collapse, you want to, like, come together and, you know, help each other. Exactly. Like, you want to be able to help as much people, as many people as you can. Yeah. And, like, maybe prepping is actually not that crazy. And, yeah, I think, like, the toilet paper example, maybe we do need to get out of the mindset of capitalism and consumer culture, that we can Mm. just have anything we want at our fingertips because we're rich and it's twenty twenty. Because actually, like, we don't need to live like that. And I want to grow my own coffee.
0: Oh, yeah, you totally could. Like, you have a veggie patch already. You're basically halfway there.
1: Now it's time for Hero of the Week, a segment where we shine a light on some awesome people. We're back again with our Hero of the Week segment. So my Hero of the Week is a gentleman from New Zealand who is quarantining with his parents and his adult siblings in Wellington. And to pass the time, they've recorded and choreographed a song with (laughs) multiple costume changes uh, synchronized choreography, and it's really <laughs> awesome. And it's really funny because he's got like this, like you know, late sixties dad who just looks like he was so reluctantly dragged into this. Yes, and it's just like so awkward, but also like I love the like that is such quality time as a family for them, and that's like so cute.
0: Yeah, it's, and hilarious. It's, it's really hilarious. It's really really cute. Um, what people are getting up to in quarantine, it's just just adorable. Love it. Love it. Um, my one is uh, a little bit more newsy. Um, it's, uh, there was a flight on Easter Sunday. Uh, it was called a Mercy flight where they flew home. A number of Australians from Uruguay where they were stranded um, and a number of them were on a, another cruise ship and 60% of the ship was infected with coronavirus. So a lot of these people were infected and just couldn't mm. get home. So the government organized for this flight to to all happen. But basically, you know, all of the staff, all of the people who flew the planes, managed all of the um, luggage handling, who all in their hazmat suits, like they just, it was really nice. And you saw these beautiful photos of these Australians who arrive and they've just, you know, flown back sick. A number of them needed to go to hospital Mm. um, and a number of them need to go to quarantine. And, you know, they might not have been
1: able to, but... Um, they made it happen. And so it was just, it was really heartwarming and sweet. Love that. Okay, so now it's time for us to head to rural and regional Australia for our country news updates. So now for our rural and regional segment, I'm going to tell you about a story from South Australia, where researchers in the agricultural industry have found out that you can actually make a lot of really useful uh, products from mushroom waste. So usually you just rip off the stalk and you throw it out and farms can produce like four tons of it a week, which is 200 tons a year, and they have to pay to dispose of it. So it's quite costly and wasteful. But researchers from University of Adelaide's Wake campus have been able to extract molecules from the mushroom stalks and turn them into a transparent film, which then blocks UV radiation. So it's actually really good for skincare uh, products as an SPF. And it also just makes this like really thin kind of like glad wrap. So it's also really good for not using plastics and for replacing glad wrap. So it's biodegradable glad wrap? Yeah. Essentially? Essentially. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, it's like cool little... Innovation of the farming community, and hopefully something that our mushroom growers can soon start making some money from their waste as we start sort of being more sustainable. With yeah, our absolutely products. anything yeah. to do with sa- sustainability, I'm a big fan of. And um, they also said, if I wear the sunscreen, will I smell like mushrooms?
0: <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I should have asked that
1: tough questions and no, the researcher says because they're extracting at the molecular level, a polymer, there's no risk that the skincare product will actually smell like mushrooms That it's completely unrecognisable from mushrooms. Fabulous. Yeah. The last thing you want
0: to do, I suppose, is walk around smelling like a mushroom. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, it could, be worse. Worse. it could be worse. could, could be worse. could be worse, but it's still not great.
0: No. Mine is um, <laughs> slightly less um, innovative than that. Um but basically, it's a story about uh, a mayor, a pastor who, in a bid to lift people's spirits and help them feel connected despite advice to stay at home, which we know all too well, um, he's from uh, regional New South Wales. And he started dinner in the driveway events. Have you heard about this? Uh, No,
1: but adorable. (laughs) So
0: cute. And so basically people go out with their tables and their families or whoever's, whoever's home, even if you're just home alone, you know, in the street, they can kind of wave to each other or whatever. And it's also very similar to lots of driveway themed events that have been happening recently. One most hilariously called um, costume-themed bin outings. Yeah, you invited
1: me to this on Facebook and it is amazing.
0: My my friend invited me to it. And um, it's because the bins get taken out more than we do. (laughs) Yeah, and it's your one outing for the week, so you've got to wear your Sunday best on bin. Absolutely. Um, And so David Morgan, who's the pastor at Port Macquarie's Grace Church, said, driveway dinner parties were another way to create a much-needed sense of fun and togetherness, which, aw,
1: cute. I think that's beautiful. Heartwarming story. All right, so now let's hear some recommendations. Okay, so as I mentioned when I discussed when the Governor-General fired a Prime Minister... I am going to be recommending this week the podcast called The 11th. It's all about the sacking of Gough Whitlam. So you may not know much about Gough Whitlam, but you'll definitely remember this line.
0: Well, may we
1: say God save the
0: Queen.
1: Because nothing will save the Governor General." The story of Gough Whitlam's sacking is one of the most iconic chapters in Australia's history, and this is a really riveting podcast that interviews a lot of people that were there, and there's a few twists and turns along the way, so worth a listen.
0: Um, My recommendation uh, is Everything's Gonna Be Okay by Josh Thomas. I love that too. It's beautiful. I mean, I think it's actually produced by... Like it's set in America Um, and Josh Thomas is Australian and he has done another show called uh, Please Like Me that was actually set in Thornbury, filmed around the corner from where I used to live. It was, yeah, he's just hilarious. Um, And Everything's Going to Be Okay revolves around Josh Thomas going to America where his dad gets sick and dies and he ends up inheriting the responsibility of his two stepsisters.
1: Um, and one of them has autism. I really like that the character with autism is played by an actress who has autism.
0: Yes, that's one of the like best parts about this show. Josh Thomas in an interview said, um, you know, he auditioned lots of actresses who weren't autistic and it just felt really forced and confusing and awkward. So he basically just, you know, he said, no, I'm, um, you know, I'm going to find a uh, person with autism who is going to play a person with autism and I think it's yeah one of the first who actually have autism playing a person with autism. It's one of the first portrayals of that. And it's just such a sweet little show. Like so many sweet little things happen. It's random, not intense or scary, but it is completely heartwarming and sweet. So
1: get on it if you need some good feels. Yep, love it. Um my second one is The soundtrack of the Broadway musical Hamilton. It is so good. And it's a really good quarantine listen.
0: (laughs) What's Hamilton? I've never heard of this. Are you serious? I'm serious.
1: What the hell? It's like the biggest (laughs) Broadway musical of the last decade. I really thought I would have been up on something like that, but no. So it's amazing. It tells the story of the founding fathers of America. So Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and others. And it's all done through rap and hip hop um, and R&B. And it's color conscious casting where none of the main characters are white so it's kind of like an American civics lesson, but like really relatable and contemporary with like really amazing, catchy songs and rap. Okay. Random. I can't believe you've never heard of this. No, I, I, don't, I don't know how. I've missed the boat. I'm going to have to do some Googling. Uh, it's amazing, but it's awesome. It's coming to Sydney in 2021 or 2022. yeah, And it's coming to Disney+. Plus. The recording of the original company is coming out on October 21st, 2021, so I've already saved the date. Um, Are you it's you serious the best. you've
0: saved the date for October in 2021
1: yes and you will understand <laughs> once you like become a Hamiltonian it's just so good so you
0: haven't even seen the Broadway you just no. heard the soundtrack and you I've just heard love, the soundtrack so watched video
1: clips I got so obsessed with it I spent like a good two hours in a YouTube hole watching all these videos of their acceptance speeches at the Tonys there. when like all of them like won like best supporting actor like best like score and I was like oh they're all so beautiful because they're all like yeah they're all kind of like really different to the usual like Broadway people yeah and like they finally got like these awesome roles and it's just so good
0: okay so I'm gonna recommend a podcast episode uh so not the not the whole podcast because I don't listen to this podcast but actually this episode was recommended to me by another podcast that I like called Mamma Mia and um this episode I can totally see why everyone's talking about it it's it's from a podcast called Reply All and the episode is called The Case of the Missing Hit and it's about so this podcast relates to sort of IT uh music it's sort of uh or internet-based conversations and it's 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 highly produced it's by gimlet um and this episode is about basically a guy who gets a song stuck in his head and yep it's about a guy who gets a song stuck in his head and then he goes to google and he tries to find the song can't find the song
1: and so it's just this and
0: he's actually
1: like invented the
0: song he goes into a serious like hole on YouTube and Google and everything to the point where some of the stuff they do, um, to actually find this song, the people they talk to the lengths that they go, it's incredible. It's incredible what they do and how like, Oh, I just It blows my mind they even re-recorded at one point to just try and get the audio so that they can locate this song and nobody's heard of it like nobody's heard of it except for this one guy who's like it's a real song it's this it goes like this I remember everything about it and it's just extraordinary it's an extraordinary tale goes for about an hour and like that's
1: really interesting cleaning the house or
0: doing something in quarantine that's boring trust me this will entertain you for an hour it's great
1: Okay, cool. Well, I think that's episode number two. So thanks for joining us again. And remember, if you go to our website, www.trashandtreasury.com.au, we've got a little comments box where we're asking for suggestions for any topics you'd like to hear on a Trash or Treasury segment, because we want to make sure we're being receptive to what the audience wants to hear. And we also will be happy to listen or binge watch any TV show that we're requested to. Oh, absolutely. We are here at your service.
0: All right. Well, see you next week. Please note that the views expressed within this podcast are our own and we are not experts. We've done some serious Googling and even some serious internet deep dives, but we are by no means qualified. If you need actual advice, please speak to a licensed professional. We can even help you Google one.